Welcome to Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids and we love reading books and smelling candles at Bath and Body Works. <laughs> at least I do. You humor me. You do. You do. You spend quite a bit of time in there. <laughs> Their lilac one smells like lilacs. I'm like dragging him out of the store. Can <laughs> we leave? I have a headache. <laughs> you drag me in and drag me out. I dragged you in because I had a coupon. <laughs> All right. So first question, what is something that has brought you joy this week? Something that brought me joy this week was watching our son give a presentation for his biblical teaching lab. He has been studying all semester to prepare this message, almost like a a sermon of sorts. It was a 20-minute sermon. It was a class he did through our church. He did fantastic. He's 15. It was incredible. I loved just seeing how he was able to take a scripture, read it, study it, interpret it, apply it to his life as a 15-year-old boy, and then deliver an interesting Mm -hmm. message about it. And he didn't stand up there pretending to be a 30-year-old man. He was a 15-year-old boy and he owned, he owned that mm. teenagerness about him. It was just very endearing. It brought me so much joy because I thought that he probably is gifted in this. Mm-hmm. I could see strength in his public speaking ability. I could see strength in his ability to study and ability to write and deliver a message, but I wanted to kind of test those waters a little bit. Mm -hmm. Does he enjoy this? And this was clear evidence that, yes, he does enjoy it, and he's good at it. One of the things I loved most about this whole experience was last night he delivered his speech, and on the way home, in the van, in the back seat, he said, Mom, thanks for making me take this class. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. (laughs) How about you? What's something that brought you joy this week? So went to church yesterday and uh, one of my coworkers was there and she doesn't normally go to our church. You know, she's our receptionist and she is just this sparky personality. She's so much fun. And there she was. Uh, second service, she was already sitting down at our church. One of my kids pointed her out to me. So we went and sat by her and it was just a joy to be with her. And she told me as we sat down by her, I went to first service and I enjoyed it so much. I decided to stay for the second. (laughs) Really? Really? And she did. She did all the, after the second service, she's like, Oh, that was just as good the second time around. You know, she's, (laughs) she's just so joyful. Her personality is so much fun. She brings it to the workplace. She brought it to church yesterday and uh, just, man, what a, what an inspiration she is to me. What a joy she is because we laugh a lot at work. This is someone who's going through a lot of hard things. Battling cancer, for one. She's in a lot of physical pain. But she's able to find joy in things. And she knows how important it is to laugh. It's not just fun to laugh. It's important. She sees that and recognizes that. And it's her laugh is one of those contagious ones that brings joy to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you know somebody like that who, who just has so much zeal for life and such a contagious laughter. You can't help but be joyful around them. Yeah. All right. So what's something that's been hard this week? 
My hard thing this week is actually usually something that brings me a lot of joy and something that we as a family have really come to love. And that's a tradition that we have of answering a question of the day. Mm -hmm. So we sit down at the dinner table and we have this great book. It's called Q&A a Day. And we used to do Q&A a Day for kids. And it was a a three-year journal where you answer a question and you write down everyone's answers. And then over the course of three years, you can look back at how you answered in the past and your current answer and just see how you've changed or matured. Yeah. It's super fun questions. Like if you could have dinner with anybody in the world, who would it be? And we're getting answers from our kids like Thomas the Tank Engine to George Washington. It's super fun. We've just loved it. And and I still love it. But I will say this, our kids are getting older. And Mm. so some of those questions, a lot of the questions were aimed at younger kids because it was Q&A a a day for kids. And they have these books for everyone, like Q&A a a day for married, newly married people or Q&A a a day for every demographic under the sun pretty much (laughs) but right now we've transitioned we've come to the point where we are doing q a a day for teens Mm -hmm. which is actually called q a a day for me but it's aimed at teenagers and that makes sense because we have teenagers in our house yeah but the questions then have gone in a more serious direction and they're not quite as lighthearted. Sometimes they are, and they're and they're great and fun, and most of the time they are. But sometimes they're hard. And today it was a hard question, but it's still important and it's still necessary. So today's question was, what do you think about drugs? Now, I am a parent, and so I recognize I have this responsibility to talk to my kids about drugs and alcohol, and and all those things. And I don't want to say drugs are bad and never give them a reason. Mm. Why? Why are drugs bad? I want them to know why, but I want them to know at an age-appropriate level. Mm -hmm. And to be totally honest, I just don't want to have this conversation. I would I would just rather live in in an ignorant bliss and pretend that nothing ever happened or you know people never used drugs and nothing ever went wrong, but that's that's not healthy and that's not good and that's not where we live today. So my kids need to know what are drugs? Why are they bad? And and now they can answer that question, what do you think about drugs? And, and they know because we had that hard conversation. So it was just a hard conversation. But I am still really thankful for this book because if that question hadn't come up, I probably wouldn't have had that conversation with my kids at lunch today. And I probably needed to. Hmm. The hard questions are important questions. Yeah, so... On that note, (laughs) what was something that's been hard for you this week? Apparently driving to church yesterday was hard. We got in two (laughs) near accidents. Had this guy merge right at us. Had another guy who decided to turn right at us uh, from the other lane. And whew, those are some close calls. It felt like one of those video games where you're racing the cars. It's like, did everybody, did everybody in town forget how to drive? The answer is yes, uh, but 
I'm usually pretty patient when it comes to other drivers around me. I struggled with that yesterday. <laughs> it was coming off of the <laughs> being stressed the out. The already stressed out week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's really silly is, you know, I, I had just written a paper the day before on uh, being thankful in all circumstances. And here I am just grumbling at these other drivers like, what's wrong with them? Yeah. He got a nap after church. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I did. So I got thinking, million dollar idea. Somebody needs to get on this. There needs to be three types of horns. Okay, think about this. And they they have different sounds for different purposes. There's the one that's like the friendly, hello, how you doing? Like oh, you, yeah. like like, you see if hey, a friend. it's my friend. Yeah. yeah okay. There they are. Hey, beep, beep. You know, it's a nice friendly sounding horn. Sure. Right? Like honk if you love Jesus. There's, beep, beep. That would fall under this category. <laughs> totally. And then there's the medium one. Uh, horn number two would be like a like a warning. Look out. Please pay attention. Mm-hmm. More of a safety sure. reasoning. Sure. Yeah. And then the third one is just, you know, I'm just mad. <laughs> just taking out aggression. This is really funny because you don't get mad no. very often. No. I might have blown horn number three yesterday. But did our horn even work? No, none of them. <laughs> like, horn, you had one job. Nothing happened. Yeah. You're like pushing the steering wheel. Nothing. No, no sound. No sound. Just drivers cutting you off. Right. All right. So shifting gears here. No pun intended, <laughs> but much appreciated. Uh, what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind? A thought or a dream or a desire? Something on the forefront of your mind? God's peace. That's what I've been thinking a lot about this week. Okay. What does it mean to have God's peace? Or or like the the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the, the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. So it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we as Christians should have God's peace. And what does that mean? And is it the same as how our culture would describe peace? Sort of in the way that someone would say, oh, I just don't have peace about that. I'm just I'm just not at peace with that. I, I did a little reading on it because I was curious. And biblically, the idea of peace, it could be like a national peace, sort of like we're not at war, we're at peace with the nations around us. Mm-hmm. But primarily the use of peace in the in the Bible is the peace that we have through Christ's sacrifice. So we've been given peace in our reconciliation with God. Mm -hmm. So our sin has been paid for. That punishment is gone. And now we are at peace, right? So peace in the Bible is more of like a restored relationship with God. And that should be so comforting and, and, and restful to us because we're not at tension with God anymore. We're at peace with God. And that would be a fruit of the Holy Spirit in that we are living in peace because we don't have to worry about our eternal salvation anymore. That's done. That's paid for. We have been reconciled and it's totally performed. So we're also not needing to be earning our salvation We can just be at peace that Christ has already done it for us. So the reason this is on my mind is because I had a conversation with someone about something that God clearly calls us to do. 
-hmm. Like sometimes he just gives us a, a straight up command, like do this thing. And sometimes his commands are hard to do and we maybe don't want to do them or they're it's like, oh, well, that would that would make things a little socially awkward. Like, <laughs> just, there are things that you sometimes are called to do and you know they're right to do. And the question is the that, like, feeling inside of you, that sort of, like, nervous anxiety, you know, anxious, like, that, uh, I don't really want to do this. Is that a lack of peace or is that just... I don't want to. Yeah. Is it a stubbornness? Is it a wrestling of our own desires? <gasps> but what you also have to see in the Bible is that God also calls us to be courageous. Mm -hmm. So yes, he gives us peace and that he reconciled us. But he also calls us to be courageous and do hard things that maybe sometimes leave us with that, oh, I don't know if I if I can or if I want to or like, would this be awkward if I did this and this would be hard? And and you might say, oh, I just don't have peace about that. Well, that's not quite the same as biblical peace. Hmm. It's okay to not have a peaceful, tranquil feeling in your gut as you're going to evangelize. You know, like I think of times when I've been able to share the gospel. I have had so much adrenaline going through my system. Like I, yeah. I could climb a mountain like with the amount of adrenaline that is rushing through me just through sharing the gospel so it's not a peaceful feeling that i'm feeling but god calls me to share the gospel but god also says he gives me peace so i think maybe the understanding that we have of peace is a little bit confused hmm. or just differently defined like biblical peace is different than how we would define peace today hmm. that's interesting that's what's been on my mind. All right. Sure. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> oh. What's been on your mind this week? I've actually been thinking about holidays. We were just reading as a family in Joshua chapter 4. Joshua was leading the nation of Israel, and they had to cross the Jordan River. Now, kind of like he did with Moses in the Red Sea years earlier, he had stopped the river allowing the entire nation of Israel, this is a lot of people, to cross over on dry ground, which is a magnificent miracle, unmistakable. God is doing something great. God directs Joshua to tell the people to take 12 giant stones from the currently dry riverbed and take them across with them. So they do. And once every one of uh, Israel's people crossed over, then the river started gushing again and it was overflowing at its banks. They take those 12 stones and God tells them to stack them in a pile, like a visual reminder. So it says in Joshua 4, he, uh, Joshua said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you should let your children know 
Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. So you see this this intentional act, which is to pass on the story of God's might to future generations. Same thing with, with holidays. When you think about what we celebrate now, like Christmas and Easter, celebrating the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. <laughs> In our family, we celebrate holidays. We actually made up a bunch. We have so many made-up holidays <laughs> in our family. What, do you, what made-up holidays do we have? October 1st is the day that God had moved our family to Iowa. That's the day we oh, first yeah. moved to Iowa. Yep. Okay, so that's true. we could see God leading us here. We could see his hand in that move. And what an adventure that was to leave everything we knew behind and move to a new city in a new state full of new people and new new job, new everything. Took a lot of trust, I think, but uh, we could see God moving. So our very first day in Iowa, we didn't have furniture. We didn't have food. So as a family, we went out to I don't know. Let's go to the sushi buffet. So we did. And you know what? We've seen some pretty awesome things since God has moved our family here. So every year now on October 1st, the anniversary of our first day in Iowa, we go to the sushi buffet and we go around the table and everybody has to share uh, some things that they love about having moved here. And then we pray and we thank God for those things. And then we make a mad dash for the, the coconut shrimp. You know? right. <laughs> so that's, that's just a tradition that we've established as a family to help share the stories and uh, show gratefulness to God for what he's done in our lives. And I hope this continues every year. Oh, yeah. It's, it is one of my favorite holidays for yeah. sure. Well, you love yeah. sushi. Right. Yeah. I just don't consider it a made-up holiday because... Like, it's so important to us. It is. It is. So we've got others, but I just want to encourage you to think about how God has worked in your life or in the life of your family and create traditions. The quirkiness, the more quirky, the better. <laughs> Honestly, make them quirky, make them fun. And uh, hopefully... Years later, your kids will still be celebrating in the same way, mm -hmm. sharing the story of God's might to their children. What At an, the sushi buffet. What, <laughs> yes. What a legacy. Well, on that note, <laughs> you have been listening to Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.